0: All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast Uh, tonight. Paul is out on the road again. Paul, uh, where where are you at?
1: I am just outside of Branson, Missouri.
0: You're on the moon, and you're trying to (laughs) create a turkey population on the moon.
1: Yes, pretty much. That's the that's the goal, right?
0: Funny, huntable
1: population.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, they'd probably flourish up there. Although, I don't know what the habitat would be like. And then we've got Henry Distad. Is it Distad? Yep. Perfect. Henry is with the Ohio BHA, so Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Uh, Henry, what's going on today, man? Anything new?
2: Uh, Well, we got a pretty big event coming up uh, this July, uh, July 21st through the 23rd out in Conneaut, Ohio. I know it's kind of hard to pronounce, but... uh, Take note, Paul i heard that yeah. last episode. so i thought maybe i'd hop on and uh, give you guys a hand uh with uh some of the info about the event
0: all right um give us a second called, uh, give us a second we'll, we'll touch on that here in a, in a moment i want to go through some of the news and sponsor stuff real quick sure. and then we'll dive into that um so let's see uh i don't know if i have a whole lot of news um, I should have been a little bit more prepared on that, which is nothing new. Uh, let's see, down in Logan, Ohio, the Columbus sympathy and Orchestra in Hocking Hill State Park. Uh, nope, that's already passed. Next, man. <laughs> all right, you,
3: you, you got all over the hike.
0: I am all over the place. i have I put all these stories aside when I'm when I'm throughout the week and then I realize that they're past too. So all right, never mind. No news there. Uh Paul, you wanna hit down the sponsors real quick. Yeah, man. Thanks to
1: thanks to our guys. Go watch on goat.com. Download the app, Android or Apple. Website's also pretty functional. So there's some really cool articles for uh, summertime deer scouting if you're if you're into that land management, so check out their store. Half dash rack is also on their intro. Half rack is available on Go Wild or their website. Half dash rack. Use the code Ohio outdoors fifteen. Right months?
0: Yes, sir. And we have we've we've let our buddy Glenn down a little bit, but we uh, when we went on our fishing trip there a couple weeks ago, Glenn introduced us to Redfin polarized sun sunglasses. Um, those I believe are also on Go Wild. And not official partner of the show, but have to get a shout out shout out because those sunglasses were legit. Super lightweight, awesome. super clear. Um, so check those out if you get a chance. It's uh redfinpolarize.com. Uh I like I said, I think they're on Go Wild. I should probably have checked that first, but um something else to check there. If they're not they're on their way. Yeah, for sure. Um We got First Light. Thanks, guys, at First Light. They're probably coming out with some new stuff here soon um it's about that time of the year so
1: henry do you do you use any first light gear
2: oh yeah yeah i have a pretty good kit i've gathered over the years yeah you get a you actually get a first light uh discount if you're a bha member
0: oh nice oh
1: there you go and if uh the sponsor levels they got some pretty cool uh rifles with some first light
2: skin on them yeah i got a weatherbee and uh 270 that's uh the first light camo pattern. I got with a, a lifetime BHA membership.
0: Oh nice. Um well that's that's good, good deal. to know. The uh thanks to the guys over at Midwest Gunworks. So speaking of guns, um what's Ohio Outdoors 5. Lots of stuff there. Uh I had some cool cool stuff up there for Father's Day. Um which happy Father's Day belated to all the fathers out there. But Thanks to Cameron and the team over there, great customer service. If you guys have any questions, ammo, gun parts, all that kind of stuff, um, that's needs to be one of the places you're definitely checking out if you're in the market. And Xvision, XvisionOptics.com. Thank you to those guys for supporting the show. Another great customer service um, team over there, and all your thermal imaging scopes, and uh, they've got rangefinders and. Night vision, all kinds of fun stuff there, and I think that's about it on that end. Paul, did I miss anything? No, man, that's it. All right, all right, Henry. Now, we've been talking about muster in the marsh here for uh, a few weeks, but you are—we're going to get it straight from the horse's mouth tonight. So, tell us about this event up in Conneaut, Ohio. Uh, you said it was July twenty. 20-
2: 21st through the 23rd, so it's uh, kind of like an on-site camping weekend, uh, a three-day event starting that Friday afternoon of the 21st. Friday kind of kicks off uh, that evening. There's a separate ticketed event. There's a field-to-table dinner where we'll be having uh, some locally caught fish and uh, hunted deer and whatnot served by uh, Cleveland Field Kitchen and uh, that event will have some uh, exclusive auction items that people that attend the dinner can bid on. Um, we'll have beer by the butcher and the brewer all weekend, but including the dinner, and there will also be wine and, and mixed drinks too that come with your dinner ticket. Um, but, you know, if you if you don't want to do the dinner, you you can show up and hang out. The beer truck will be there Friday for anybody to use. We're still working on a possible food option for Friday evening, just for campers. But, um, like I said, the, the, the place is open for camping. So you can just set up your tent, hang out the Conneaut Creek, which is really like a river cuts right through the property. You can fish, uh, well, the bonfire live music Friday night too. Um, Oh, I should also add, uh, at the event, um, we'll have Ryan Callahan from Meat Eater, and Kevin Murphy, too, who's been on a few Meat Eater episodes. They'll be joining us for the whole weekend. Uh, Ryan is actually the vice president of the North American board for BHA, so he's a a really strong advocate for what we do, and he he wants to come down and uh, help spread the word and spread some knowledge on, on what BHA is all about um
0: I'll tell you what Kevin Murphy I think he might be one of my favorite calm characters on any of the episodes ever I don't know why man when he gets out of that truck and blows that conch shell or whatever it is the horn it wasn't a conch yeah. shell it was a horn to, to warn all the, the animals that he's coming I mean I, I absolutely love that
2: yeah and you know I, I met him a couple of years ago in Columbus him and Cal and some of the other mediator crew that did a live podcast there um Maybe maybe six years ago or so, but I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's exactly how he is on camera in real life. You know, he's just, you get what you see. So that's awesome. But, uh, moving into, uh, Saturday. So Saturday is like the main event, Mm -hmm. um, tickets start at just 20 bucks. So if you just want to show up Saturday and kind of see what everything's about, but for like the lowest price, you got a $20 ticket. And then from there, there's a $60 ticket for Saturday that comes with a, a year membership to BHA. And you get a little door prize bag and three raffle tickets. And then there's a $80 uh, ticket that gets you for the whole weekend, Friday to Sunday morning. And then camping's $10 a night, too. Um, so Saturday will kick us off. We'll, we got a, a nice coffee sponsor who's going to be giving us some coffee for Saturday morning. And we'll be led off with our Armed Forces Initiative. Um, Trevor Hubs leads the AFI branch of BHA, which is a pretty cool section of BHA for veterans or active duty alike. They have uh, a lot of cool um, chapters throughout different military installations or, or just each state has a chapter as well for the veterans that might be interested. Um, I can say myself. I, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, um, and BHA kind of gives you that that mission you might be looking for when you get out. Um, give me a second here. You can cut out my pauses, right?
0: No, yeah, but you're good. Uh, so Saturday, yeah. uh, you've got the you've got the Armed Forces.
2: part. Yeah. Uh, let's see where was it going from there. So, yeah. Uh, Hold on. Let me look at the schedule real quick. And what does all right.
0: Just in general, what I mean, BHA, we we all hear about a lot of different, um, you know, organizations that we can join, uh, you know, NDA and NWTF. And I mean, there's so many of them. Right. But what is what is BHA's place in all of that?
2: No, that's good. I I probably should have started off with that. Uh, So backcountry hunters and anglers. Our mission in a nutshell is public land and water conservation and just to help protect it in perpetuity for the generations to come. But beyond protecting it is also enhancing it through a lot of conservation projects um, and also access projects too to you know, improve the the different areas that you can actually get to physically because there's a lot of public land or public water that's not physically or legally accessible for the public.
0: I know that's a big thing out west. Do we have that in Ohio as well?
2: We do, actually. Um, Ohio BHA is teaming up to help with a access project on the chagrin river in willoughby ohio right right by uh i-90 the park will be expanding and the ohio chapter bha we were actually able to help uh donate some funds to that so we're we're donating five thousand dollars to that uh, access project for fishing and you know Funds like that come from events like this where you go and you buy a ticket or you buy a T-shirt or your just your membership dues for the year. A lot of that comes back to the state chapters so we can work on things locally that are that are pertinent to each area.
0: Gotcha. No, that's great. That's
2: great. Uh, let's see. See A couple other projects. We, we partnered with um, Wayne National Forest, and then there was uh, Rural Action, and then another private company as well. We, we donated some, some money towards a, uh, a project down there near Athens to help prevent uh, illegal ATV use that's causing uh, watershed erosion, which is affecting water quality down there. So we we ended up blocking lots of illegal easements, if you will, uh, through planting trees.
0: Nice. Uh, so
2: great. it was nice and thick and muddy spring. We're just planting. We planted about a hundred trees in a in an afternoon. It's good, good work. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a a nice muddy mess. I brought the kids with me, and they were soaked. <laughs> but I mean. Water quality is a big issue throughout the old strip mining areas of the state. So it's always, it's a constant project that the communities are working on. And you can actually help improve those areas through public (laughs) land projects too. Uh, Wayne National Forest being our only state forest in Ohio, it's comprised of approximately 250,000 acres. So it's a pretty special place if you are an Ohio public land person, because that's like the big chunk we got. I mean, there, there's some good areas throughout the AEP and whatnot, but Wayne Wayne's our biggest spot, you know. For so we sure. got to protect it and we got to help do its right to uh, keep it safe for the future. Absolutely.
0: So Saturday at the muster in the marsh.
2: So, yeah, um, we got some cool vendors coming out, too. Um, Oh, big kid-friendly event. So, we got some, like, inflatable archery ranges for the kids. We got uh, a kid's art class. There's going to be a scavenger hunt. Uh, Zebco donated a pallet of fishing rods. Wow. So, there's going to be a lot of kids getting some fishing rods. Um, Starting in the early afternoon... Um, uh, actually late morning. we got food trucks opening up. Uh, beer truck will be opening back up. And then early afternoon, we got some, uh, some cool like field skills or conservation skills classes. Um, we have an intro to trapping. We have, uh, I'm going to, how that, to get into...
0: I'm, go- I'm going to that Paul. The intro to trapping. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. yeah. No, oh, you're I- good.
2: um, we have uh, how to how to get into turtling and then we'll even have a, a turtle cleaning demonstration that's through one of our longtime sponsors C&B to Custom Knives he's a big uh, turtler in the summer nice um you're going to have Kevin Murphy doing a conservation class um you check him out at small game nation at or kevin small game nation on instagram um uh, we have an uh, invasive species, like an uh, invasive plant class just to help battle invasives with uh, Tambini Outdoors. And we also have an uh, aquatic uh, microorganism class down in the river there. So you can kind of see what are the little little bugs and fish and uh, crustaceans living in the water and kind of call that the match the hatch for all the Die-hard fishermen that'll be there and you kind of see what's happening in the water at certain times of the year to see what you should be using for flies or for bait. Um, Oh, I should also add, we're, we're doing a a podcast, you know, with the O2 podcast, if you've heard of them, Um, that'll be going on that day with uh, Ryan and uh, Callahan and Kevin Murphy will be on that with you guys. Um, After that, later in the afternoon we will have a fly casting competition uh the guides oh i forgot to add to this is at covered bridge outfitters in conneaut so the guides a covered bridge and some of the folks from ohio women on the fly will be doing some learn to fly cast classes and we'll be wrapping up the afternoon with a casting competition um There'll be a policy discussion just to talk about local and uh, national public land issues that, that are going around. And then we have a really big raffle with all sorts of gear and guns and. Oh, we even have a sauna. We have a company that donated an entire sauna. It's like a $7,500 wooden barrel sauna that you could win as well. Whoa. Um, Whoa. So that we'll be drawing that in the evening and from there we you know we'll we'll just kinda turn up the party a little bit with some more live music and then uh some campfire stories and just just burn the fire down from there.
0: Man, and all that's for like eighty bucks. I mean for a couple days.
2: Yeah, eighty bucks is the high-end ticket for that. Yeah. Or if you're just curious, you want to pop out Saturday. You can do all of that Saturday for 20 bucks. You just won't get a gift bag. I think you do get one raffle ticket. But you for 20 bucks you get yeah, one raffle ticket, no gift bag and no membership, but you can kind of come in and just see what BHA is all about or if you just want to come and talk with Ryan Callahan or Kevin Murphy, I mean.
0: Heck yeah. Have I, mean, it. I mean all that stuff you rattled off, the classes and different things, that's great. I mean all I hear is that I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to afford trapping gear and fly fishing gear and, and all these new skills I'm going to obtain.
2: Yeah. So I think I, I probably even forgotten a couple of things here or there, but well, do you guys have it? To anybody listening if you're a sponsor
0: and I missed you, do but. you have it up on the website or Instagram or something where people can go check it out?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we actually, we bought a URL just to make it pretty direct for, to check it out. It's, www.musterinthemarsh.com. And that'll direct you straight to that event page for BHA. That's awesome, man. Um, and you'll also see when you go on that page, uh, there's a there's a blue link a little ways down uh, to take you over to the conservation dinner page or, or the field to table dinner. If you're interested in buying tickets for that. Now that is a more expensive event, but you do get some pretty nice perks with, open bar and amazing food and, you know, exclusive auction items uh, that starts at about, I think it's, it's two fifteen for one ticket or 400 for two. So if you got a buddy or you got a spouse, you can save a little bit of money there.
0: Good deal. Paul, you want to go, you want to be my, my plus one. I mean, two, I, I've I- been,
2: I've been to uh, the past I guess that's been all of it. I've been to the the three muster events that have happened previously, and I mean you just come out of there just with like your your belly's full and you're just fired up to get out there, get after it and, and make things happen for your local chapter or even your your even the you know um, national issues going on. Oh, that's great. I mean, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to meet new people. I mean, it's fantastic networking for your hunting. Sorry. <laughs> uh, your hunting. <honey. clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> for your hunting group, you know, um, I mean, it, it's grown my friend group of hunters and fishermen. And I mean, pretty drastically since I joined BHA, you know, six years ago. That's awesome.
0: Well, Henry, I really appreciate you coming on and and talking about it. Paul, you got any other questions? No, Henry.
1: Thanks for all you do, man,
0: for 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 hunters
1: and anglers and and outdoorsmen and women in the state and beyond. It's uh it, it's something that we talk about a lot, just conservation and, and the need to, um, you know, really, really collectively put forth the effort. And uh, you're one of the people doing it, so thank you, man.
2: I appreciate it. And Thanks for uh. Thanks for having us on, and thanks for being a, a muster event sponsor and Ohio chapter sponsor. Absolutely. Can't, can't wait.
0: With that, um, the other thing that we had, uh, Archery Hike, the other event this summer uh, down there in the Hocking Hills, are uh, July 7th and 9th, uh, if you want to get your bow tuned up and ready to go, um, archeryhike.com is for that event. But I think, Paul, I think that's all we got for this week, so we'll leave it and uh, go for there. Our talk this week is with yeah. – um, vantage point archery out of fort wayne indiana i so think i think you guys will like that uh we're talking a little bit about broadheads how to pick the right one some maintenance sharpening all that kind of stuff uh it's it's good good little talk with those those folks over there so um we look forward to talking to everybody next week and go check out muster in the right henry muster in the
2: that's correct yep
0: all right take care everybody and we'll talk to you next week Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Um, Today, I'm joined with a whole slew of very important people from VPA, which is Vantage Point Archery. Uh, I've got Alex Christensen, Ryan Corkwell, and Jeff Stringer. Uh, Welcome, everybody.
4: Thanks for having us.
0: So if we want to go around the room real quick and just talk around the (coughs) proverbial room, right? Um, And tell us what you guys do over there at VPA.
4: Yep. So I'm Alex. I handle all the marketing here.
0: Uh, Ryan, did you get muted? We hope so. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ryan's our sales manager. He does a lot of very important things.
0: And speaks through Alex. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and Jeff? I just do what Alex and Ryan tell me to do. I think you're bigger. You're You're more important than that, aren't you?
3: Yeah, me and Ryan and uh, Ryan's brother-in-law in the
0: company. Okay. And now you guys, how long have you guys been around? You want to give a quick history of the of VPA?
4: Yeah, I can go ahead. So VPA started in actually like 2009. So we really are a machine shop and we still have that side of our business, absolute machining. And one of our head engineers just wanted to make his own broadhead. He's been a passionate longbow shooter for his whole life and he just found a need in the market for a better broadhead and and made his own back in 2009 and it's really just grown from there and over the past couple of years we've been selling online and getting in shops and here we are
0: where are you guys located
4: fort wayne indiana
0: so you're nearby you're not far away from us over here in ohio at all
4: not far at all yeah
0: that's good <laughs> so um You guys kind of specialize in the single-bevel, two-blade, three-blade broadheads. We're not talking mechanicals, right?
4: No. No mechanicals. All one solid piece. So, they're CNC machined out of one solid piece of bar stock. So, no welding together, no moving parts.
0: Just good old steel. Yep. (laughs) And is there anything special about the steel that makes it different than others on the market or... I mean, uh, from a, that perspective, I, I know nothing about steel, but obviously when you shoot them, if you hit a rock, some, sometimes they break, sometimes they don't chip, whatever.
3: So we got, we have two different kinds. Of, um, probably not going to tell you exactly what they are, but we have two different types of steel, one stainless, one's mild, and it depends, you know, some people like to sharpen them and hold the edge. Stainless does that better, but they're harder to sharpen where the mild is easier to sharpen, but doesn't hold the edge quite as as long. And then the price range is different, right? We give you two different pricing ranges within the same broadhead.
0: Okay. All right. So as we, I was out in my barn the other day and, um, full disclosure, I have not shot any of your broadheads. I do do a lot with single bevel, but, um, I'm looking at everything I have from last year and I probably should have put it away better and kept a better track of what was going on. But, you know, it gets to that point in the season where it's just kind of like I'm done put this aside move on to the next thing so now i've got just a, a heap of stuff right and i mean this is not just arrows it's broad or not just broadheads but it's arrows it's everything um but it's time to start shooting and it's time to get things tuned up and ready to go and i guess you know my question for for you guys is coming out of the out of the you know off season and into you know, getting ready for, for whitetail season coming up. I want to talk about some of the things that people should be thinking about and looking at. Um, obviously the, the easy answer and what you probably want to do, Ryan, is uh, just go out and buy new broadheads, right? But one of the beautiful <laughs> things uh, is with the single bevel and some of the, the tube or the double bevels is that you can resharpen them and reuse them and you don't always have to do that. Um, so what are some things that people should be thinking about as they're, they're getting ready for the season coming up? I guess
5: if a, if a guy calls me and says, "Hey, I've I've never had any issues with my expandable this, whatever that," like and my first answer is going to be, and Jeff will say that I'm not a very good salesman, but it's like then why switch? Like I want the guys that have had the issues. I want the guys that like um, I'm going to say up to Alex to laugh at me. Like I want I want to know that ours is always going to open on impact, right? There's there's no doubt about that. There's no way that it's not going to happen. That's where we're at. Like, it's a solid one-piece design, so I don't have an issue or any fail rate whatsoever on our broadhead. Now, if a guy calls and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about going from a 500 or a 450 grain arrow up to a 600 grain arrow," I'm be like, "Dude, that's a big jump. You got to do a lot of research in that." Um, but if he's going up 25, 50 grains, that's all something that's that's fun conversation for me that we can like get in the weeds and like, "Okay, three fletch, four fletch. Did you paper tune? Did you do this?" messing with that like there's so many things out there that the guys are just like well what about this I'm like that's a great idea what about that like have you tried that have you proven it out and for me I'm going 535 this year and that's my setup I'm gonna rock a 125 single bevel and that's where I'm at
0: and let it fly huh so if you've got I mean I I ended up last year I think with about 550 was my setup and I had some single bevels I need to get them resharpened Um, that can be a challenge if you're not real good at sharpening. Right. So do you have any tips on, on this? Just... Yeah, I
5: do. Um, there's a bunch of different brands out there you can get. We, um, use the KME sharpener that runs off of a, um, just off of a guide. It's a roller that you're just setting on paper or stone and just dragging it back on a stone. You're just dragging it back, always dragging back. Um, starting with 400 grit. Some guys are like, I just want to get up to a thousand grit. That's too fine. Like, you want to start with a 400 grit to rebuild that edge. Um, The other big thing is making sure you get cardboard or you get a piece of leather, your belt, and strop that backside because you're building a burr. You're building a burr every time you drag it back. And once it gets thick enough, then you're just breaking it off, and then you're going to be able to pop here and shave it. Okay. Okay. It's, I make it sound a lot easier than what it actually is. It takes work.
0: You do, because I've tried this, <laughs> uh, and I have one of those KME sharpeners. Okay, so let's go ahead and back up. KME sharpener, it's got the little roller. You put it in there. One of the things I always struggle with is I can't get it to line up right, so it almost feels like I'm dragging an angle. Maybe that's just operator error. Um, but when you're talking, the, you're taking it on top of sandpaper to start, right? And you said 400 grit. Yeah. So that's a little bit more coarse, and then the 100 grits yeah. getting into fine, finer. And so you're going to start there. And how many times? And you're always you're dragging it backwards. You said so towards yep. you, right? You're not pushing it forward. Yep. I mean, what ballpark? Are you are you doing this for hours, or is this like you should you know,
5: have? it's something that we've do, we've done in the shop here before. Where if I'm starting with the 400 grit, I'm going to run it probably 20, 30 times, and then I'm going to break off that burn strap it, see how it looks. Then I'm going to go up to 800 grit run it 20 or 30 times. And then if I really want to I call it, you're pretty much honing that thing. If you go up to 1,000 or 1,200 grit, you're going to make that thing polish by using that. And really you don't have to get that whole bevel. You just need that like first 20,000. You don't need the whole thing. You just want to do that first little bit. And the whole Sharpie thing is good. That way you can actually see where you're creating and removing material.
3: When you say, break, and- go ahead, Jeff. Yep. You want to hear something cool here? This is breaking news for your podcast, so you can say the first you've heard. But we are coming out with a single bevel, patented broadhead. Um, Kind of a sneak peek, but it'll be out probably the middle of next month you can do on a stone. You don't need all this fancy stuff. You don't need to figure out your angle. It's already on there, by the way, it's designed, so you can sharpen that thing and not have to worry about the the sharpener and do I got the right angle and is how. Just have to worry about how many times you run it, but uh, it will make it much easier. And it's patented, so it's not a not everybody's going to have it. And it's it's revolutionary.
0: Well, that sounds awesome. So we'll uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. I know when you say um, so, you're going pulling it back, pulling it back, making that that burr. Do you ever flip it over and do the other side at all? That's only for stropping. Okay, just for stropping. You do both sides. Yep. Yep. Okay, and how do you know when sharp enough is sharp enough?
5: When I can, we always joke like I have hair on my arm right now because it's not hunting season. That's kind of how I know. Like when I'm when I'm shaving it, and I'm like, oh, that's good. Go on the next one. There's there's meters out there. There's those little things, the guides you can get and see what your sharpness is. It's one of those. that's going to be totally up to end user. I have no guys that just take them out of the pack and go hunting with them. Okay, cool. I know guys that like. They want to spend, just talk to a guy earlier today. He's like, man, I can, I just get in my groove and I'm sharpening. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fine too. Like,
0: <laughs> So, and I, I'm with you on the whole checking your arm thing. Although mine, I don't think I get them sharp as you do probably. So I end up with this like weird skin looking rash. Looks like I have some kind of weird disease or something. Cause I'm just like digging <laughs> and sometimes it pulls hair. Sometimes it doesn't, but um, do you want to go over the, we talk always talk about sharp blades, no matter what broadhead you're shooting. But what um, what's the benefit? What's the reason? And it sounds stupid, but I think there is some science behind muscle tearing and that, that kind of stuff, right?
5: Making sure you're like if you're if you're coming across an artery, you're not rolling across the artery, you're actually slicing that artery when you're coming through. That's a big thing. I feel like you're cutting muscle. The one thing on a single bevel, you're not only cutting muscle, but you're corkscrewing through the muscle. So you're going to cause a lot more damage.
0: And obviously you want it to be sharp while it's doing that damage. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, so I've shot mechanicals in the past, a long time ago. Um, but I've never had a single bevel not pass all the way through. So for me, like to get it through and make sure that it is doing all that damage while it's, it's quick, it goes right through, um, you want to have all that maximum damage, right? So, okay. And after this, I'm going to go out and sharpen my broadheads um, to get those things <laughs> tuned up. Um, I always hear guys talking a lot about getting their arrows set up and um, some of the newer... I don't want to say newer, but... Uh, trendier thing is, they're not shooting field points at all. It's just... We're just using broadheads, right? And that's great for business. Um, but that is expensive and damaging to a target so somebody who wants to get out there and shoot 50 arrows a night for the next three months that could be a lot and um what are your guys thoughts on, on the field heads or field points
3: i think you know we, we always tell people that if, if you're going to shoot right if you're going to get up and i'm going on saturday morning shoot with your broad so that you know that you're going to hit where you're at because i don't care what anybody says and even the mechanical guys i would argue they don't exactly like a, a target tip does because they've, they've got attachments on them. Get up, practice, practice. make sure that you know where you're going to hit because that's what what it's about, right? Is getting consistent, knowing what you're going to hit all the time. Um, if you're going to shoot a target all day long, like me and my wife probably shoot 100 arrows every night for the last two months now. Even probably yesterday, we probably shot about 400, but um, we're shooting broadheads. My targets don't look any different. It's about how you tear them out. Um, don't you know if you're shooting a, a single bevel make sure you let the twist come back out don't just drag it straight out uh, but if you're just out there having fun there's no reason you can't shoot a target tip but if you're going to go hunt we, we say it's all about ethics make sure you're you're comfortable and your shot placement is good with the broadhead that you're going to shoot and get very comfortable with that out, out there to whatever you think your kill zone is if you're one of those people that or out West, I think you can kill out to one twenty, and you're consistent and you feel good about that shot practice all day long. If you're a 20, 40 yard person practice that all day long, but remember ethics, it's all about
5: ethics.
0: Right. Ryan, did you have anything on that?
5: No, I, I was, I was going to lean that way too. We don't like that's on the sales side. We sell a ton of field points. We do right. That's just the way it is. But for me, I'm only really shooting my broadheads because I always want to know where they're going to go. And I, okay, let's be honest, they're like I can because I get to shoot a lot of broadheads and I'm making them every day. Um, but I also doing that. I want to know how to resharpen them, right? Like, and that's a good way to test your resharpen ability. When you're throwing in a target, you're always going to know. Okay, if and also if like that broadhead like fails, if that broadhead doesn't hold up, and if that broadhead has got run out afterwards, you better be calling me because. That's wrong. Like, unless you're hitting a metal post or a rebar in a target, come on. But if it's going in a foam target or whatever target that's off, like, our broadhead ought to hold up all day long. It ought to.
0: What is run out? What's that? What what is run out? You said if it has run out?
5: Oh, so, yeah. So, if you bend the tip, right? So, if you put your arrow on an arrow spinner, and if it's mainly on a three blade, you're not going to be able to see it on a two blade. And you're spinning it. You can actually see it wobble. Okay. You should be able to see it wobble if there's run out on that. Um, like you you only would really see that coming from up if, it, if it's bent.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, looking at what you guys have to offer, you've got single bevels, two blades, and three blades. Do you want to go through <clears throat> kind of what makes yours different and uh, how to choose between those? You know, what type of situation you might use? The... Excuse me.
4: Yeah, so I can start off at least what makes us different. They're all 100% made in the U.S. So we machine all of them right here at our facility in Fort Wayne. Um, So we're not sourcing anything from anywhere else. You know, all of our steel is U.S. sourced as well. So that's one of our big points that we're really proud of to support. Um, Besides that, CNC machined out of a solid piece. I know we mentioned earlier, no moving parts like a lot of other broadhead companies not metal injected like a lot of other companies. They are truly all one solid piece of steel, so they're going to hold up a lot better and be more reliable.
5: On the side of, like, three-blade, two-blade, single bevel, it all boils down to what the hunter wants. Um, Even on the vented side, like, guys will say, hey, I want a vented, and um, it's for deflection. Right. And I'm like, awesome. That's a great idea. Like they're shooting out 80 yards somewhere and they want less wind to fly. Like great. Like and it, it came to us because for the single fact that like, can you do this? Well, yeah, we can do that. We're a machine shop. Can you do that? Well, yeah, we can do that. We're a machine shop. So we're always trying to push that limit of, yeah, we can do something else. What else can we do? Let's let's see what else. And that's why Jeff was talking about the new the new lay flat, lay flat sharpening broadhead. So, yeah, we just want to keep pushing the industry to do something better. So yeah, we
4: pride ourselves on having a broad head for every hunter out there. And we do based on your personal preference or your setup, we really, we really have something for everyone, whether it's two blade, three blade, vented or solid, like Ryan mentioned, different cutting oh, diameters, mm-hmm. different steel materials based on like how easy you want it to be able to sharpen or, or really anything like that.
0: Okay. Really stupid question. Difference between single bevels and two blades, or are they the same at the same?
5: They're not the same. Wait. No, like a two blade would be like a knife, like at a 45 degree, right? Or, or 22 and a half on each side, or a single Two blade bevel double bevel, Ryan.
4: Yeah. Okay. So that'd be a double, so
0: double bevel. Yep. Double bevel. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. How do I want I to say this? Um, so your two blades would be double bevel, and then the three blades are all double bevel. Bevel, but wow. That's. Tom oh, that'll get you you guys probably get good yeah. at that but okay but the three blade doesn't doesn't that give more of like a punch a punch than the twisting corkscrew through the the animal or is is it more forgiving
5: what's your question you're like as far as on a three blade like you're just gonna punch through and keep rotating through right what's on a, a three blade
0: i guess and maybe you answered this while i was trying to pull that a
5: more cutting surface right because it has three blades
0: so who's using the three blade? It's just it's just preference, right? That it's just preference. Okay.
5: We make them from one hundred grains up to three hundred grains.
0: What's your preference?
5: One twenty five.
0: Single bevel or single bevel. Okay.
5: I just like the damage there.
0: Yeah. Now one of the things I've noticed, and it I guess it depends where you hit them, but the blood trail isn't always the greatest on the on the single bevel. Do you have any thoughts on that?
5: <laughs>
0: yes, he does. <laughs> tell me
5: oh uh, so when was the last time you shot your single bell would you kill your buck with it i did you did and how far did it go
0: oh probably about 40 yards
5: did you did you watch it fall no okay but you know where it went so why why do you need a blood trail
0: bingo and i get it i'm there with it <laughs> yeah. I've, I've killed more more deer with a single yeah. bevel than than anything else before but i also know that there's been times if i can't keep eyes on it and like this one, that one, he ran, I had the idea of where he was going, but man, there was no blood. Now there's been other times where that thing, I mean, it looked like a, a murder scene, which I guess technically it kind of is, but um, I mean, there's just blood everywhere. And I don't know if I hit the right artery or, or yeah. what, but um, so, yeah, that's yeah. one
5: of those big age old things. Like I hear that question a lot and I was like, "Well, oh, did you like, yeah, I watched him fall, but there was hardly any blood. And I'm just like, why do you need a blood trail? Like, so it's kind of like one of those fights that I have internally, like, okay, like I get what you're saying, but really like, why do you need it? Um, I get that. I get, and I get what you're saying. I think that's one of those, well, we need to have that blood trail that way we can follow it. And there's probably some situations where it's really thick and it's really dense and you don't know where it went. And I would agree with those guys too. Like, that's why I would say, then go with a three blade because you're going to have more cutting you're going to have more options on a three blade of doing cutting more arteries, right? Instead of having one cutting edge, you're going to have three cutting edges.
0: So, do you think with a three blade, you should have a uh, a larger draw um, weight to get more of a punching factor with that, or is it because not as much? I'll let matter. Jeff
5: answer that. He's he's good on the the dynamics on that.
0: Jeff didn't realize he was getting on a, a podcast with an idiot today. He's like, oh my god, these no. questions are just like we love the questions. So
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm with Ryan. um, I I like the single bevel. I I probably wouldn't have said that two years ago, but I like the single bevel just because of the corkscrew. But when I shoot, you can see this. This is one of our three blades. I actually shoot our biggest on my Matthews. I shoot our biggest 300 grain three blade on it. Six something on my total arrow weight. And it'll punch a big hole. But I like the corkscrew with the single bevel. The thing about the three blade is it just goes straight through right ours are our are ugh, can't speak today ours are designed so that we want you to hit the same spot get consistent go for the ethical shot but if you miss we're still going through the shoulder we're going to go through the rib cage we're going to go through wherever you need it to go through and get past whether it's our three blade our two blade double bevel or our two blade single bevel so um I'm convinced. Just and we test this out. We don't just kind of throw crap at the wall and hope that it sticks. But um, we know that you get a bigger cutting diameter with that single bevel because it goes in, and once it catches, it moves towards that that uh, angle, that 35 degree angle we have on there. It makes a great big corkscrew wound in there. Um, I would I would say on the to Ryan's point on the blood trail, man. If you if you watch some of these um videos of guys hunting guys and gals hunting with the mechanicals they're the ones that are worried about the blood trail because they're not making enough damage not always but i would say more often than not they're not making enough damage they're wondering if they're opening up they're wondering if they got through the the shoulder they need that blood trail so two days later they can track it right me and ryan are those and alex are the group that say we want to track it in 15 20 minutes not two days so um, that that's kind of controversial, but I, I think it's fact ours will punch through, make a big hole. you don't need a you know mile or two mile blood trail. We hope you find it in thirty yards or your hair tip over.
4: Well, and it is so dependent on where you hit too, because we get so many pictures in and see it every day of someone who used our single bubble and there's a huge huge great blood trail so it's really just dependent on the situation and that's I mean that's how it is with hunting and and bow hunting especially. Right.
0: Okay. So if you've got a new hunter, right, well, let me back up here. These tips or broadheads, they're all good on crossbows as well. Right. Basic question. Yes. Um, but if you've got a new hunter and maybe, you know, I've got a nine year old that who's asking me to take her out hunt hunting, which I'm all about. Um, except she started looking at the map of the United States on where she wanted to go hunt. And I was like, whoa, 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 we're going to go to the backyard first, right? Uh, <laughs> the, but you got a new hunter and we'll just say, we're going to use an upright bow. For example, is there a broadhead that you would suggest for somebody younger uh, or new? That's going to be shooting a lower poundage. Maybe needs a little bit more forgiveness. Anything like that you recommend? Or is, again, is this all preference?
5: I'll say it's all preference, but I'll also caveat that with I see a lot of the like obviously a nine year old her draw length is not that long right so you're gonna have you're gonna have to do some work with some f o c you are that way you know that you're gonna get through I would say in that I maybe mean, you're like twenty five twenty six inch draw you're gonna at least need something. Something around that seventeen to eighteen percent FOC, just to know that you get that pa- that punching power to come through, and also I would probably go a hundred grains up front if I could with a a full out or a half out or something like. Then you're going to your bow shop and like, hey, can you build me something like this? And trying to like, you're getting. In, I don't know if you're building your own arrows, but that's where you're just totally getting in the weeds, um, really fast. Uh, maybe. I can always send some thumpers and she can kill squirrels. How about we start? There,
0: there you go. There you go. No, <laughs> when we go with her, it's going to be crossbow, but, um, okay. but I'm just thinking, you know, I know some friends that have, have sons that are, you know, 15, 16 are getting into that kind of that new realm, picking up a new bow and, and starting to to go down that path. So, um, another flip side of things. Somebody just draws a tag out West. All right. So you're, now you, I don't know, pick big game, animal elk, um obviously antelope's a little bit different, but is there a broad head, whether you know style, grain weight, anything like that that you would say for an elk that would work, work better than, you know, a whitetail or that you know would step it up a notch? Or same thing?
5: Yeah, it's the same it all comes down to preference. I see more guys out west going that one twenty five, one fifty range because they want to reach out to that, like and they're probably building arrows no heavier than five hundred, right? Because they want to maybe reach out to that 60, 70, 80 yards. Or for me and you back here out Midwest, like 40 yards is max maybe. Like that's right. max. Right. So you can pack a little bit more punch and and still have fun doing it. Like it's, you're just going to have fun doing it. I, I don't want to pigeonhole guys in the one thing. But like, like, oh, you got to shoot like a 600-grain arrow. you got to shoot a 435. Like you can build it all. you just got to do the work behind it.
4: That's exactly right. And that's what we get. We get so many people like, oh, I want to go heavier because I'm going elk hunting. We get that all the time. And it's like, okay, good. As long as you're like practicing and making sure your setup's good, like you're good to go. Why? You don't really have to stick to like one certain, this is the broadhead I shoot. If you have the time and passion to kind of tinker around with it, why not?
3: Yeah, shoot what you're comfortable with. We're not, we're not telling you, you got to be here, you got to be there. That's why we have such a big range of of broadheads is shoot what you feel comfortable with what what's repeatable and what's ethical we don't don't really we're not going to dictate it we're unlike everybody else not everybody else but a lot of different companies we're not the master of it all right it's evolutionary we're trying to figure it out as long as we as we go along here and understand the differences and there'll be changes as new technologies come out but just feel good about what you do and have fun the key about it's having fun
0: i think that's part of the the beauty of it. Yeah. Like hunting seasons, whatever, four or five months long, but it's that off season tinkering, right. And putting Mm -hmm. things on the scales and back and forth and different combinations until you come up with, with what you really like. So, um, man, is there anything else I'm missing, um, that you guys want to talk about as far as VPA goes?
4: Um, I mean, we have, a lot to talk about if we stay on here long enough, but really just we're excited about our new product coming out like Jeff mentioned next month. So stay on the lookout for that. It's it's gonna solve a lot of the drawbacks people see with you know, like you mentioned taking time or struggling with sharpening. And we really just wanna be the the broadhead that everyone can use regardless of, um, we don't wanna be so expensive and, and we want you to be able to come to us if you want two blade, three blade, whatever grain weight, like. We're here to help you. If you call, Ryan's going to answer the phone. If you send us an email, we're going to get back with you. We just really want to help everybody out. And and that's how we've grown our customer base and how we have such a variety of different customers who, who live in different places and shoot different bows and, and all that good stuff.
0: Very good. Um, where can everybody find find you guys? What's the website and Instagram or any of the social media stuff?
4: Yep. VPARchery.com and just search vantage point archery for everything. And, and you'll find us on all the social media as well.
0: Very good. Well, I I think
5: the one thing that kind of touches home um, for me is like, we're built around integrity, right? That's something that Jeff and I like want to stand behind 100%. Like if you have an issue, if you have any problems whatsoever, if you have a broadhead that was damaged on a pass through on a kill, like you're going to call me and I'm going to send you a new one. And we're going to stand behind it 100%. So we're we're in it for the little guy as well as the big guy. Like, if you want to go to Africa or if you just want to shoot rabbits in your backyard, like, we just have fun getting those stories and have fun with it.
3: Yeah, we're broadheads, really. We, we say this over and over. It's the blue-collar people that shoot. We want to be the our main customers, right? <clears throat> we want to give you a good quality product for the price you pay something that you don't have to replace every year it's not a one and done shoot it into a target shoot it into an animal and it's spent these are things that you can sharpen pass down use year after year after year maybe not the best marketing um, program out there but w- we can sleep well at night knowing that what you pay for our broadheads is uh, worth the amount you pay for them and they'll be there for
0: years to come okay one other thing i th- just thought of Bleeder blades. Is that a thing you, you guys, or no? <laughs> Alex is shaking her head.
3: Well. We're going to come out with something, but we don't want to, we don't want to pledge and we want to make sure whatever we come out with doesn't ruin the integrity of the blade. Right. So you put a bleeder blade on there that can bust off and twist it, or we haven't mastered it to the point where we like the quality that comes out with, but we do get a lot of requests for bleeder blades. We we're just at a a customer two weeks ago, Ryan. A week ago, something like that. That's the first thing he asked: was when do we get the ones with bleeder blades? Like, well, when we when we master it, right? We don't want to come out with anything that's just kind of janky. We Does, want it to because,
5: be because yeah. It- I go if it's a bleeder blade, then it's just not a solid one piece. If I'm machining a ferrule and like adding blades to it, like it's not solid one piece. And then I'm selling you something extra,
0: and that just hurts. For somebody like me i don't care that you're selling me extra if it makes if it does a better job then that would be my reason to buy it so i guess the question is does it make that much of a difference
5: i think it's proven that it does like having an extra cutting surface on a single bevel i agree with you 100 it it really does yeah it's just an extra like it's a four blade right then that's what we're calling it a four blade or a, a single bevel with a bleeder like yeah, we can do it. We just want to make sure we're going to do it right. Yeah,
0: cool. And then the right. reason, like,
5: and you, you're like complaining about sharpening a single metal. Well, can you imagine when you're trying to sharpen a single metal <laughs> with a bleeder? Like,
0: I've tried I can on that all day long. I don't know if I'm doing it
3: right or not, but I, I've tried. <laughs> so it'd be hard on the the lay flat technology. Ryan's Ryan usually comes back with, sure, we make you a, a bleeder blade. We'll just make a four blade. It'll be yeah. four equal sized. And now you got. They're not bladed blades. It's just a four blade. So maybe we come out with that. We don't know.
0: There you go. Well, guys and Alex, I appreciate you coming on today and uh, giving us a little bit of insight on VPA. And uh, we look forward to, to the new release and the upcoming season. Um, and Hopefully everybody goes to check out the website and uh, pick up a pack or two. So I know I will be here soon. So.
4: Thanks, Andrew. Yep. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Thanks.
5: Andrew.